بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف الحمد لله we are able to have once again our session and this time is from home and because uh, Fajr time here is just about 5.30 which is your 9 p.m. so we had to have some delay I'm sorry um, now we can continue with the rest of Munajatul Arafin we have had two sessions so far and we reached this section Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Ilahi ma alabba khawatir al-ilham bidhikrika ala al-qulub O Allah, my Lord How enjoyable how pleasing how sweet is for the hearts to have thoughts which inspire your remembrance Alabva comes from Lava Lava means pleasure opposite to alam which is pain so ladha means pleasure ladith means something which brings pleasure it can be physical pleasure like for example when you are thirsty and you drink water it can be mental pleasure like when you understand something it can be spiritual pleasure like when you have uh, good feelings in your salat, for example. So ma aladha means how pleasurable, how nice, how sweet, how pleasing is. Khawatir is plural form for khatira, which means something that occurs to your mind or to your heart, some ideas, some thoughts that come Elham means inspiration and Dhikr means remembrance the Dhikr means with your remembrance and Ghulum means hearts so the idea is that sometimes some thoughts are inspired by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they co come to our heart to our mind we are not fully aware of what is the source of these thoughts you know it's not that for example you have been uh, thinking about something and you made an argument and you proved it for yourself so now you have a conclusion 
No, these are something which occur, something which happen. It has its own uh, cause. And because we don't know it, so we say it's inspiration from God. But how does God inspire us? We don't know. Just we know that it seems it comes from somewhere else. I am not uh, responsible for that. Sometimes, you know, you put yourself into the same condition, hoping that the same things repeat, and they never repeat. So maybe sometime when you are praying, when you are reading Quran, when you are contemplating, some beautiful thoughts come to your mind. And then you want to plan for it next time. So you want to do the same thing. So you try to observe the same dua, the same actions, the same timing, but they may not come. So this shows that these are not the results of our own performance. Our performance was important, but it was just part of it. It's up to Allah to decide when and where to inspire us with those thoughts. So we say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how nice, how sweet is for the hearts to have those occurring thoughts of your remembrance through inspiration so that you inspire them to remember you in a very pleasant way to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a very broad concept and it's much more than invocating some of the names of God or some of the things that God has done for us when our heart is oriented towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we are receiving light from God and we can appreciate that light and reflect that light this is the remembrance of Allah and there are different ways to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything good that we do is a remembrance of Allah. And if among the things that we can do which are good, we do the best things, so our remembrance of Allah is better. And this is why Prophet Musa asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to assist him with several things he asked several things from Allah in Surah Taha he wanted to have a great patience and capacity of heart he wanted uh, Allah make his affairs easy he wanted to have no blockage in his tongue so that he can speak and people can understand properly he asked to have a helper from himself and that is his brother Arun but then he says all this is so that we can remember you we can glorify you more and after few verses Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also 
tells them la taniya fi dhikri you must do your best to remember me and don't uh, do it less than what is appropriate so remembrance of Allah include everything that Musa did in future and he wanted to do more of good things so it's not something just like mentioning some of the names of Allah and invocating Allah's name it's the whole orientation that we should have with our body with our mind with our heart if I commit some sins with my physical organs like looking at bad things or hearing bad things or if my mind is preoccupied with bad thoughts or if my heart is occupied with bad things this means that my remembrance of Allah is not complete so I have to make sure that I have best remembrance of Allah for me if I do the best possible things within my capacity then I am in a state of remembrance of Allah so sometimes we are inspired by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do good things to remember good things to make good intentions good decisions sometimes we have very beautiful thoughts about Allah about our life so we feel very close to Allah we feel we are well oriented we are well functioning at that time we are tuned properly so that is the time that these beautiful experiences happen وَمَا أَحْلَ الْمَسِيرَ إِلَيْكَ بِالْأَوْهَامِ فِي مَسَالِكِ الْغُيُوبِ Ahla comes from halawa, which means sweetness. Hulv means sweet. And in Arabic we say halawiyat for, you know, sweets and like candies and so on and so forth. Al-masira ilayk means traveling to you. Awham means thoughts, imaginations. Masalik means roads and Ghuyub means the hidden things, the unseen. So we say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Wama ahlal masira ilayk bil awhame fi masalik al ghuyub. Very beautiful and very deep. How sweet is traveling towards you with or through thoughts, imaginations, upon the roads of the unseen. Sometimes our journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very obvious, is very clear. We are traveling on the roads of the seen, of shuhud. For example, when I am doing something with my body, 
as an act of worship. I pray, I fast, I go for Hajj, for Ziyara, to visit my parents, to do Salirahim, visit the kinship, to help people. So these are very beautiful, very good, and very much needed. But in addition to this, sometimes you get involved in deep thinking and actually active thinking, not just sitting somewhere and doing nothing and you say, I am thinking. Even thinking is to be very active, is to be well planned, well regulated and well directed so that it produces results. Sometimes we are not uh, doing anything and we think that we are thinking. So, when we are involved in this deep and active thinking, so maybe my body is not doing anything. I am here. I am not going anywhere, I am not visiting anywhere, I am not doing anything special with my body. I am not spending anything. But what happens is that I am traveling, not on a normal road, a vis visible, obvious road. I'm traveling on a special road, road of the unseen, through my thoughts, my ideas. And sometimes these are more powerful. Thinking, contemplating for an hour or for some time, this doesn't necessarily mean 60 minutes, is better than worshipping for a year or according to some hadith, 60, 70 years, depending on the quality. After performance of our wajibat, our acts of worship, then this thinking is very important. I'm not saying not to do anything mustahab and just think. But I'm saying that in addition to all the mustahabat that we do, we have to have some times for thinking. And sometimes it is through thinking and developing your thoughts and ideas that you come to a better understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a better understanding of your role in this world, a better understanding of what you have done in the past, a better understanding of what you are supposed to do in the future. You can sometimes discover your problems. You can go deep into your heart and find out the bad habits that you had. You can judge between yourself and other people in fairness. So there are many, many things that you can achieve when you travel on this road. This road of unseen, this road which is not very obvious. Maybe a person is sitting next to you and he doesn't know what you do. He thinks that you are not doing anything, but you are indeed traveling. You are journeying. So, وَمَا أَحْلَى الْمَسِيرَ إِلَيْكَ بِالْأَوْهَامِ فِي مَسَادِكَ الْغُيُوبِ how sweet is traveling towards you through thoughts, imagination, 
step on the roads up there unseen. Then we say, وَمَا أَطْيَبَ طَعْمَ حُبِّكَ وَمَا أَطْيَبَ طَعْمَ حُبِّكَ It should be طَعْمَ How pleasant is the taste of your love? This is said by someone who has tasted really the love for Allah. By Imam Zayn al-Abidin alayhi salam. The taste of Allah's love, which means love for Allah, is so great that as we said before, it's impossible to taste it and then look for something else. As Imam Zain al-Abidin says elsewhere, who is the one who has tasted the sweetness of your love and then he has looked for some replacement? Something like this. Allahi man zallazi zaadha halawata mahabbatika farama minka badata. Who is the one who has tasted this and now looks for something else? Imam Sajjad says this not only through his theoretical knowledge. We all know that. For all of us it's obvious that the most pleasant thing for a human being is to have this love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Imam Sajjad also speaks out of experience. He has really experienced and tasted this love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and has found it to be most pleasing thing I think we also more or less maybe have experienced this but I'm not sure if we have ever had that experience in its intensity in its real form that the friends of Allah taste you know it's like for example few people looking at something and imagine for example there's a beautiful painting and all of them say I have enjoyed this is very interesting so they have had some experience, but we are not sure whether they have really understood the beauty of this painting. It needs some qualifications. Maybe among those who say it's very beautiful, you can have different levels. And only one of them, or maybe even none of them, has the best understanding. Maybe someone outside. So... We all talk about the sweetness of the love for Allah and we are honest and we have really experienced this. Maybe sometime during our salat, during our, I don't know, uh, nights of Qadr, during Hajj or Ziyara, after doing something good, we had had that very strong feeling of love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We feel very much close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that time nothing matters for us 
in that time we just want to keep talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we don't want to be distracted by anything if in that particular time you are asked whether you want to have a long life or short life whether you want to have lots of money or not nothing matters for you okay we may have that experience but still we have to be sure that there is much more possible if we taste the love for Allah in the way that his friends taste then it would be very difficult for someone like us to remain normal to remain um, very organized and you know disciplined in the life you know you become like mad people you become like drunk people if the love for Allah becomes very strong in your heart and you are not a person who has that caliber like the friends of Allah like Masumin and Allah, you would not be able to cope with it you would lose your interest in everything you don't want to talk to anyone you don't want to eat you don't want to drink you don't want to travel you don't want to go to work because very powerful experience you just want to be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so it's a sacrifice for a lover of Allah to do other things and to spend time on other things to spend energy on other things it needs great capacity otherwise Allah is so nice so attractive so beautiful so kind so loving so much available to you which is very important you want a beloved who is available to you that would leave no chance not nothing extra so that you can think about other things it's very important to learn how to love Allah that much and still act normally so that no one notices that you have such a love for Allah to have that intensive and strong love for Allah and then still pay attention to other things the things which happen around it's very difficult and many of us have no capacity for doing that we need to learn we need to experience so we hope that inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us both <coughs> gives us that a strong love for him and at the same time give us the ability to have proper behavior with respect to the rest of our life وَمَا أَعْبَبَهْ شَرُبَ قُرْبِكَ How delightful 
A'adab comes from Adab. This is different from Adab. Adab means punishment, but Adab means something which is sweet. We had this before about water, for example. Here again we have it about water. Adab. Adban means very nice, very sweet, very cool. When you have very good water for drinking, this water is Adab. وَمَا أَعْضَبَ شِرْبَ قُرْبِكَ How delightful is the drink of your nearness. Imagine a river which has very nice water. And that river is the river of nearness to Allah. If you drink water of river which is nearness to Allah, you will be fully satisfied. Your thirst will be quenched. وَمَا أَعْضَبَ شِرْبَ قُرْبِكَ فَأَعِبْنَا مِنْ طَرْدِكَ وَإِبْعَادِكَ Now that loving you, remembering you, being close to you is so pleasant, so sweet, so nice, so much meeting our needs, responding to our questions. So please save us from being far from you. Fa'aribna means so give us refuge. Mintardika wa ibadika from thy casting out. Tard means to send back, to reject. And Ibad means to send far. They are similar. So please give us refuge, protection from pushing us back, casting out, or sending us far. It means that please don't let us be far from you. Please don't send us back. We want to be close to you. We don't want to be like shaitan who was given nearness but he didn't appreciate and Allah then sent him out of heaven and also made him far from himself. He was rejected. He was matrud. He was rajim. So please save us from that. And we should be very concerned about this because if we are rejected then it would be very difficult to come back many people may never come back in material Achievements, worthy achievements, worthy pleasure, we should be content. We should not be greedy, we should not be too much ambitious. But when it comes to spiritual blessings and bounties, we should be ambitious. We shouldn't be content. If it is, for example, a worldly house, 
I should be content with something reasonable for someone like me. But if it comes to a house in heaven, I should try to make it as big as possible, as large as possible. If it comes to a worldly reach, I should try to have something reasonable, something that I can manage. There is no problem in having great amount of money, but as much as you are in control of it, not that you will be controlled by your money. You can be a billionaire, but if you can control it, if you know what you are doing, if you are not driven by your money, no problem, have it as much as you can. Indeed, it's good if you are a servant of Allah, you have lots of money and you possess your money, you are not possessed by your money. You are spending in a proper way. But many people cannot. But when it comes to a spiritual reach, there is no problem. You can have it as much as possible. That would make you even more humble and would make you more uh, manage, managing and more in control of what you have. So here in this Munajatul Arifin, which is a whispered prayer for the people who are either RF, a true knower of Allah, or they want to be RF, we say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I hope to be able to be elevated to the position of the select of your knowers. Uh, the elite, the chosen ones, means I don't want to be just a normal, an average Arif. I want to be among the best. This is good. This is to be ambitious. As we say in Quran, وَجَعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ imama. I don't want just to be a muttaqi. I want to be a leader for muttaqin, for the pious. And I always say that if you aim at something like this, either you achieve it or you achieve something a little less. But if you achieve, uh, sorry, if you aim at just being pious, there is a chance that you may not even be pious. If someone aims at getting A in his exam, then he may get A or B or C. But if someone says, I just want to pass the exam, so maybe he gets F. So we have to be careful. So we have to raise our expectations, of course, in a realistic way. We have to be ambitious in spirituality. So we say, oh Allah, please include me among the elect or the select of your knowers. The most righteous of your servants. Among the most honest, the most truthful of your obeyers, of the people who are obedient to you. This sadq is very important. This sadq, this honesty, this truthfulness is very important because nothing works without truthfulness. If it's a um, just kind of lie, 
if it's unreal it doesn't work it, it it's causing more problem in many lectures i have been talking about this honesty and truthfulness especially in the lectures about indicators of piety uh, we finally uh, discussed this point gradually we built up and we reached this point that this commitment to the truth is one of the most important if not the most important quality of the muttaqi of the mu'min and indeed obedience to Allah is a result of commitment to the truth because Allah is al-haq and you cannot be obedient to Allah when you deny the truth or you don't bother about the truth so we ask Allah to be put among the most truthful of the people who obey him the purest, the most sincere of your worshippers. Obad is the plural form for Abed. So we want to be a worshipper of Allah, but not a person who just worships without purity, without sincerity. We want to be among the most sincere of his worshippers. Ya Adimu Ya Jalil. O oh, great, O oh, almighty, O oh, majestic, Ya Karimu, Ya Munir, O oh, generous, O oh, noble, Karim means generous, noble, Munir means the one who enables us to reach, the one who gives us, O oh, endure, O oh, endower, Berahmatika, Wamannika, Ya Arhamar Rahmin by your mercy by your man means your mm, favor you can say your kindness but man is uh, some favor which is great sometimes Allah obliges us by giving us too much oh most merciful of the merciful so this is the key as always for everything that we request at the end these are the qualities of Allah including his mercy that can help us to achieve we should have clear vision about what we want we should request Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we should work hard but we should also invest on his mercy okay alhamdulillah uh, we finished this munajatul arifin and inshallah from next week we will start with munajatul dhakirin inshallah uh, question one assalamu uh, alaikum shaykh alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah would an arif always abstain from the worldly interest and pleasure uh, no uh, it's not a matter of um, abstaining from worldly interest and pleasure by for example, being um, isolated by not eating, not drinking, not having, um, for example, any trip, any um, journey, any holiday, any, you know, visiting, visitation. No, it's not a matter of that. But it's a matter of attitude. 
Muntab, uh, we have to be careful. Sometimes we do everything and we rationalize, we justify. And you say, uh, I have a um, great interest in having, for example, lots of money. And this money is not causing a problem for me. It's not preoccupying our mind. Okay. In principle, this is possible. But are you sure that you are one of those people? Or, for example, I spend um, lots of, for example, time on preparing, I don't know, nice meal, a very delicious meal. And I say because Mormon also have, uh, has to enjoy his, himself. Or I want to, for example, make my family enjoy. Okay, this is a good reason. But are you really sure that this is your intention? So, we have to be careful. But in principle, the main thing is, I think, two things. There are two main things. One is to reduce our worldly engagement, our worldly pleasure. Reduce it. I'm not saying delete it. But those which are not necessary, it's better to keep away and have it as normal. Normal among the believers. Not normal among the all people because we are concerned with the mu'min. And second thing is to correct our attitude. You must have clear idea why I am doing this, why I am going after this worldly thing. If it is, inshallah, for the sake of Allah, if it is to help you to have a peaceful mind so that you can better concentrate on your piety, spirituality, on your journey, uh, that is good. So, we should stop unnecessary engagement with dunya, unnecessary interaction with the people who work for dunya. Uh, and second, we must be always concerned about our attitude, why I am doing this. Otherwise, there is no problem in being active, in being rich, in having good house, good car, I don't know, lots of, um, maybe, for example, companies, factories, whatever. In principle, there is no problem. But as I said, we have to be careful about these points. Can a person be an RF and not follow the Sharia? It's not possible. Unless a person is confused. If a person is confused, maybe he, for example, tries hard to obey Allah and he thinks that Sharia is not necessary and he has no good understanding of Sharia, not good exposure to Sharia or the Sharia which he knows is not a proper Sharia. So maybe there are exceptional cases that there are people who have excuse and they reach some level of closeness to Allah uh, either by following other types of religions or maybe for example being a Muslim and not following that much Sharia because they are confused. Maybe they achieve something. But it's impossible for a person of understanding and a person of uh, intelligence 
to think of being an Arif and then disregard the Sharia which is legislated by Allah Himself. Sharia provides us with the boundaries of journey towards Allah. It's not enough, but it's necessary. So that fixes the boundaries that you have to move within those boundaries. But then you have to have more than commitment to Sharia. If you just want to observe Sharia, so you would do only the minimum. But in addition to that, you have to do lots of other things, lots of moral, spiritual things. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Sharia has not made everything which is useful, necessary and obligatory. He has made those things which are very, very much needed, obligatory. Because he doesn't want to make his Sharia difficult for people to practice. We shouldn't expect from all people to be um, committed to this journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the way that mystics and true knowers of Allah want to do it. Everyone is not necessarily a wayfarer. So Sharia says this amount is necessary and you have to make sure that you don't uh, go beyond these boundaries. But if you want to do more, so then uh, we have more guidance for you through akhlaq, through spirituality. And therefore, the minimum, the bottom line is Sharia. Okay, this is the second question. Uh, it seems that we don't have any more questions. So, I think I should stop here and I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again for this uh, opportunity that gave us. I hope that inshallah this was useful for you. Uh, what I'm sharing with you is just my humble thoughts and my little experience. Maybe uh, you yourself you don't know many things better than me so if there is any way that you know you can share with me your thoughts please don't hesitate may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us we are traveling together we are like a group of people who are pilgrims we are like you know doing hajj together we are just trying to help each other uh, so I am also a traveler inshallah you are better traveler than me we are just helping each other and I by no means have claimed that I understand properly everything and I practice properly everything just I'm a little humble brother of you and in need of your du'as may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable us to uh, taste this uh, beautiful experience of uh, Arifin and inshallah we ourselves become witness of the beauty of this for other people.